Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I guess, oh, we're on camera too. <laughs> um, welcome to the Hello Hair Pro podcast. My name is Todd. I'm Jen. You are. <laughs> and we are owners of Hello Hair Co. here in southern New Hampshire. And we're married. We are married. Why are we doing this podcast? It's a great question. Um, to get some information out to people out there that want to know a little bit about us, what we're doing with Hello, and hopefully long-term help stylists and maybe owners and anyone out there to get some insight on the industry and the perspective we have on it and maybe help some people. I agree. There's not <laughs> much else to say. Um, yeah, I've, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while. We started actually recording one and it just never, it never got finished up mm-hmm. got wrapped up so i am excited we're gonna start by you want to do a little bit of an intro yeah sure so talk about your background so i have been a hairstylist for 23 years or in the industry for 23 years i started as a commission stylist which i did for about six years during that time period i was an educator for delaria salons and also a recruiter for them i also was then an educator for joyco i actually worked with Tabitha Kofi for a little bit, which is kind of a cool, fun fact. And then I also worked uh, for a company called Bumble and Bumble, and I educated for them also. Then I went on to be an independent stylist for about five years where that's all I did was hair, nothing else, which is cool, but it wasn't as exciting as I had hoped for. And it wasn't fulfilling for me um, in the way at a commission salon that was with educating for them. So that's where I started um, a salon with a partner for about uh, maybe eight or nine years and started back on my education background. I did some apprenticeships. I apprenticed some people who are still actually doing hair, just makes me very proud. Um, I was a mentor to a lot of people during that time period. And then I ended that partnership because I wanted more for myself and the industry. And I partnered with you. And Hello was born, and here we are. Awesome. So my background, excuse me, is not as robust in this industry, (laughs) we'll say. I think I'm in year two of doing hair, hair cutting. Um, I had owned... I had owned a gym for about 10 years before that, and I struggled through the first few years in got serious about business and sort of consuming everything that I could. How'd you get into hair? I got into hair. So yeah, thanks for the save, right? (laughs) Podcast number one. Um, It's a cool story too. I got into hair. So I, I decided to close my business after 10 years, nothing happened. It wasn't anything crazy. There's no fun story there. I just decided to close it. I wanted it had to do, run its course. Yeah, I just wasn't excited about going in every day and I wanted something new and I had all these business ideas because I had been doing so much studying and researching on business and consuming everything I could. So I had gone on at Jen's your previous salon mm-hmm. and started helping with some of the business stuff and we were invited to an event in Boston. And a few people kept asking me you know, do you do hair? And I said, no. And one person said, you're going to. And I thought that was interesting. And then I 
I think on the ride home, we yeah, talked, yeah we had yeah. talked about it and we were like, we like, and at this point I knew I was leaving my salon at the time. Like right, I knew my partnership right. was ending and I didn't know what that road was ahead for me. I was literally right trying to figure that out. So it was the drive home. So we live about 45 minutes from Boston and on that drive home, we, I think you just said what like, happened. What like, if you did hair? What, yeah. What <laughs> if you went to barber school, became a barber, I'm a cosmetologist and we partnered and we sort of blended a salon and a barber shop concept and i think i said i don't know but let's try it or mm -hmm. something like yeah. that and we found a school we toured it and i signed up yeah and, and that was here we are pretty that much was, it yeah here we are so that's a little bit of our background we're also parents we have three children um i always like to mention that too just for fun i don't know why our camera just shut off huh. let's pause this Okay, we're back. So we had a little glitch with the camera, but here we are again. So where were we? We were talking about the ride home. Yep. And then I mentioned that we had three kids just because I like to bring them up. Yeah, and they're eight, six, and just about to be three. That's so great. It's super insane. cool. So I think we'll get into a little bit of developing our concept. Sure. How we did that, I, because a lot of people ask. Get asked that a lot. Agreed. So let me touch back to, for me, when Todd had joined into my last salon, um, one of the things I was searching for was what's next. And I wasn't, I wasn't able to get there and I didn't know how I knew I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to do different things, but I, I, I was scared, put it that way. So I, I didn't want to open another salon and just put new colors on the wall and put a new name and just do the exact same thing I'd been doing, but with a new partner like that, that wasn't going to fulfill me. And I wasn't sure how to, I guess, navigate down a road that I didn't really clearly see, but I could see a vision of where I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to get there. And I felt that with Todd's background, if we partnered together, um, he would be the push to get me to where I I knew I would be capable of, but I knew that I would be, I along the way would be too scared to ever do any of it. And with his new, um, I guess, new into the industry, his vision would be completely different than mine from being in there for 23 years. And we would have completely different opinions on what that looked like. And fights. And fights. <laughs> and bringing that together is really what I felt would get us um, into this industry, doing it differently, and have more of a modern vision on how to salon differently. And that kind of is what started the concept of hello. I remember when I came on at your last salon, I, I had all these questions because I wasn't from the industry. Um, and things about we're going to definitely talk about in future episodes, but things like pricing structure, I didn't understand a lot of that. And just things, the way that salons are I guess just sort of always been run. And the answer I kept getting from everybody in the industry was that's just the way it is. I was going to say, funny enough, I didn't really know pricing structure either. I just took from what I knew what I used to charge and created a new thing out of that. Right. And so everyone was just sort of piggybacking off. And part of when we laid the, out the concept for hello, it was asking the question of why. Every time we made a decision, it was why. Why are we doing this? And if the answer was someplace down the street is doing it or that's just always how it's been done, we scrapped it. 
That wasn't good enough. It wasn't. Yeah, that's just not good enough when you're when you're trying to open and create something different, but yeah. something that's successful as well. Because most salons aren't successful. They're not. Yeah. They don't they don't profit at all. And if they do, it's very little. And that pretty much led to laying out, which was new for me. I had never I had a mission statement for my a mission statement for my last salon, but not not core values to help um answer those questions. So anything that came up, we knew if we had a, a list of the core values that we stood for for hello, then we could both answer anything that came our way, knowing that that's exactly how we were to follow in order to answer correctly. That makes sense. Correct. So I think a lot of people that I, well, I don't think I know a lot of people that I speak with about business, they start with things like a logo and a, and a color scheme. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you don't have anything to base your decisions off of. So it's really important. We started with our mission and vision. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward, we had a pandemic, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But (sighs) that stuff changes, but you need to have that stuff laid out. So we took the time to lay out our mission statement and our vision and our core principles, Mm -hmm. which our core principles are how we make every decision. If If a decision, no matter how big or how small, comes up, and it doesn't serve our core principles, our core values, whatever you want to call them, the answer is no. Right. We don't do it. It's too risky. Do you want to talk about any of those specifics? Or um, I know fun was one of the big things. Yeah. Uh, I, so that was the other thing. When moving into Hello, I wanted to have fun and not take myself so seriously and with that, you know, inspire others and and all that. And, but the fun factor was huge. And then coming out of where I had been, integrity was huge, um, innovation and education. And those were kind of non-negotiables for me. Um, fun being actually first, because if you're not having fun, I don't know what you're doing. And if you're in a creative field, you've got to have fun to feel creative in my opinion. Um, but so laying out some of those and actually, Fast forward to where we are today, a lot of stuff has changed in Hello because I've reevaluated. We look at those core values and some stuff I picked in the beginning didn't align as well as I thought they did. And that's been, you know, kind of fun to to switch it. Like, hey, this isn't working. Why? And, oh, it doesn't meet these things. That makes sense. We need to do this differently. Having that sort of foundation of your business is really important. And one of the things that I love to talk about with people is being able to pivot so when something no longer serves you, you've got to be able to let it go. And I think we've, over the last, all of us, anybody listening to this, everyone went through that pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of pivoting and moving parts and things. Absolutely. And we noticed in the hair industry, but in every industry, you know. Um, where do we want to go next? So. Well, we can we, talk go ahead. a little bit about the name, how it may be. You want to do yeah we'll do the name now i think people people ask me mm-hmm. often like where did the name come from um and actually you you can explain it better than i can i feel so we had laid out a whole bunch of different names and it was just like throwing ideas out there i don't know if there was a lot of rhyme or reason in the beginning we, you had seen it on a product or another salon or something. Yeah. You you I, saw it. You came to me and you were like, what do you think about Hello Hair? And it sort of clicked for me right away because you were, 
like for me, I was new to the industry. So it was like a way for, like, I was like, hello, here, here I am. And for you, it was like, you had not stepped away from the industry, but you're. I was burnt out. You were burnt out and you were like, hello again, mm-hmm. here. So it was important for us to create a collaborative workspace. And we went back and forth with collective, collaborative, collective, collaborative. It was never a company, even though that's what everyone says. I get phone calls and they're like, is this hello hair company? And I just say, yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, we are not hello hair company, but I don't argue with people. I just let them say whatever. doesn't matter to me. But so hello hair. And we threw the co on because we were going back and forth so much. Like, should we be collective? Should we be collaborative? And by just abbreviating it, abbreviating it as co, we solved the problem and yeah. we moved on because there are much more important things to do sure. with the business than the name. And the co was important because very. I thrive in a team setting. I need community, team, culture, all of that. I want people that want to bounce formulas off each other that just get so excited about talking about hair. Um, and the co with it being collaborative or collective, however you want to look at it, it was just like anybody that comes in, it's like another core value. Anyone that comes into hello, I want them to be as excited about doing that. And and together we're all going to grow and learn and just lift each other up and do things together. And that part of in the name really just reminds, you know, me or anyone coming in that it's important that we're working together and we're excited to, to be doing this together. Agreed. So part of this podcast, YouTube, the things that we're doing include helping people through their problems. And we faced tons of problems. I mean, every every business is going to face certain issues. So I know we have a short sort of list that we can work through and, and talk about. Do you want to start with anything specific or just run down the list? You can go down the list. Okay. So I think the first thing you need to do, actually, the first two things we had kind of go together because we worked at them at the same time. But yeah, yeah, simultaneously. So financing, you've got to secure your funds. Mm -hmm. And so we we worked with a couple of different companies and looked at different rates and worked through all that. I don't know. You were sort of more on that. Do you want to talk about any specific things or... Um, we, we ended up going, um, in a financing direction that actually, I think now I would have gone in a different one cause you learn as you go. Um, but for me, it was really, you need to, you, you first need to know how much money do you need, right? What is your equipment going to cost? All of those things, um, your build out and, um, any resources you're going to need outside of that. And that number can be very difficult to come to just because there's so many moving parts to it. So um, in one sense, I would say you, you want to almost overestimate, don't under, so that you'd rather not run out of money in that sense. Um, I do feel like a lot of people do that, though. They try to keep everything as low as possible, where you might actually yeah, want to overestimate For sure. Um, and then have it left over, or you don't need it, or what have you. Right. Um, and it's actually, way with, easier to cut things down. With the pandemic, thank goodness, we had money after so that as we weren't able to open in March when we were supposed to, we were still able to float until we could get open. Um, so thank goodness that was a strategy that we followed for sure. Um, but I think it's just finding 
going through the financials and figuring out what you need and then making sure you're reading all the fine print um, so that you understand what you're signing and what your terms are. Really important. For sure. So another issue we faced was location. So finding a location was not the easiest thing. We I toured some horrible spots. I looked at a building where we had to have an engineer come in and he said, Todd, I need to... I need to get under this building and jack it up so it's level. And then we can start from there. And I was like, no, no, we can't. Um, It was ridiculous. And then, of course, there's a salon in every single plaza already. Mm -hmm. So we actually found a location that was a salon previously, and it had been closed for a year. Maybe, yeah, a bit. So it was just sitting there. And that brings us to our next point. So layout and design, when we took the space over, it was tragic. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it was the first space, though, that you and I both went in and we started to see a vision. I will so say. So we had the vision. We were able to. <laughs> it was in rough shape. It was in rough shape. It was, there were some smells. It was. It, the flooring, we needed to gut the place <laughs> completely and take down almost every interior wall and floors and ceilings and everything so we worked through that and it wasn't on our own we had to basically assemble a team so we had a designer who was amazing and he really helped us sort of well we built custom furniture yeah so we needed that yeah we couldn't have done that on our own but he also we brought him into the space to just go over what we saw for the space and ask his opinion he's been in the industry longer than me um and then ask his opinion of what he saw in the space and he actually saw something that he would have changed that he he recommended like i would do this over this and we ended up going with that and very happy that we did but it was great to see another set of eyes on the space um with a new perspective yeah, I, I mean, I remember sitting in there with David, our designer, and just spending time just like moving through the space and going over possibilities and making sure that we didn't rush any of that mm-hmm. because we sort of knew we had a we had a concept, a loose concept that was sort of open, modern. I don't know if industrial is the right word, but, you know, yeah. we had some ideas for. We wanted it clean for and the aesthetic, simple. Yes. Not like a home. Like Correct. <laughs> where people put I, a bunch of crap in it. Yes. So having a designer was really cool. And then we got to a point where we realized that we did in fact have to completely trash the place, like gut it and take walls down. So we ended up bringing in an architect, mm-hmm. which um, she did uh, once over and she approved everything and we got permits and moved forward. Yeah. That was, that was how that went. <laughs> there was a desk as high as my head, by the way. There was. And I, I don't think I have access. I don't think I have the video anymore, but it was I'll see good. if I can find it and we can clip it into these clips or whatever we're going to do with this YouTube stuff. Um, the other thing with the with the space was the lighting. Do you want to talk about lighting? Oh, I had never. So again, I've done hair for 23 years and prior to opening Hello, had never worked in a space. And remind you, I owned another salon, but... I just had never worked with the right lighting at all. And it's so important when you're doing hair to um, have the right lighting for so many reasons, natural and also just lighting in the ceiling. So that was probably the top of my list of where I wanted our finances to go first and make sure that lighting was appropriate. 
Um, and we did platforms with lighting in it. So it's complete like right over the stations. And, um, and then, you know, our electrician was amazing and he came in with other lighting all around just to, um, make it even better, but the lighting is key and it looks amazing. Actually. It does. It does. Um, again, it was good. Like I wouldn't have figured that out on my own. So it was good that you have that experience. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to that. You know, having both sides, having new eyes is great, but sometimes, like, I would have missed the lighting part. And I missed it in my last salon. I just, we thought it was good, and then it was okay during the day when it was lit out, but at night it was awful. And at Hello, as it gets darker out, it's, like, brighter inside. It's more beautiful. It's really amazing. And then during the day with the natural light, it's just, the space is awesome. So we we had a couple of other problems. (laughs) So not everyone... (laughs) Not everyone that we found for this project was stellar. Stellar is a great <laughs> word. There were there. So we went through several plumbers. Mm-hmm. So one, the first was a, a pretty large company and they just dropped the ball. I mean, I went in one day and I remember there was flooding, mm-hmm. which was cool. And remind you, we had them come in to give us an estimate of we showed them everything we wanted done. They would come in and complain, it's too much work. And I'm like, wait, uh, well, you're hired. I don't get I, it. I didn't get that either. <laughs> I had. It wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> no, at the time we were losing so our bad. minds because we had. And a, then it set us back on our timeline. It did set us back. And we had to find. So we got rid of those guys. We fired the first company. And that took a few times of them really messing up because I was like committed. Like we've already, we've got our budget. Like this is it. If we hire someone else, what if they're outside of our budget? And then it came to a point where we're like, there's, they're not even going to do the job. Like we're never going to get this done. So we've got to find someone else. Yeah, it was, it was rough to get them to even show up. Yeah, it was bad. And when they did show up, like you said, they just complained about how much <laughs> work. And much I'm, work. I'm like, I'm totally confused. We're paying you by yeah. the hour. Yeah. So you should be excited. It was but- bizarre. So we ended up finding somebody through a referral and it was still not stellar, but it got the job done. Um, and then I think from there was the pandemic. I mean, so we took the keys to the building in December of 19. Yes. And we were on par to open in mid, I'll say March with gutting the place, Mm -hmm. sourcing everything, having equipment shipped in from Italy having custom equipment built in Connecticut, coordinating that, having everything arrive when it, you know, in the order that we needed it to arrive in, and then actually building the place. We were on track and then we weren't. So we got hit. (laughs) We got hit by the pandemic, just like everyone else. And we were, we initially were supposed to open. We had noticed all the other states sort of shutting down. And I think that was our decision was to wait. We're going to go ahead and hold off. And then it was shut down by the next week, I think. I think it was a week or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, Was it even that Friday? It was very close to just we're going to wait. And so we decided to wait because that, well, in the beginning, too, they told us that it was two weeks. It's going to be two weeks. We'll flatten the curve and then everyone will be back to normal. And then it was months. Yeah. Later. And some places are even shut down now again. Yeah. So we haven't had to, we haven't had to face that a second time, but that definitely threw a damper. I couldn't get things like ceiling tiles, like very basic things that we needed to just sort of 
wrap up and open. And remind you too, well, not remind you, but we had never even worked they were in the, there. <laughs> we had never even worked in the space. So like a lot of people were shut down and then when they were reopened, they could go back to work. But the the staff that we had hired, myself included, had never done a service in the salon. So like when we were able to reopen, we weren't even ready because we had never worked in it. So we had to That's right. Um, I think they reopened us in May. We took the next two weeks and brought in models so we could understand our flow within the new realm of the world. Um, so we ended up not even opening till the end of the month because of that. Right. I remember that. We did like a soft opening yeah. almost where we had family and friends come in and yeah, just worked through the space because it was so new. It was a new everything. You know, it was it was a business. It was a salon built from the ground up. So yeah. it wasn't like we took over a space. It wasn't like anyone, like we had closed for the pandemic and opened, but we had worked before that. So we already knew that workflow. It was nothing. It was nothing. So, um, yeah, that was a lot. But anyways, everyone was there. So I don't want to harp on the pod, uh, pandemic on the podcast, but anything else or is that a good place to sort of wrap up this episode one I think that's good because I think there's some stuff that happened um where we weren't able to open I'm going to talk like retail-ish that sort of um have moved us in a different direction after that kind of teases it out okay cool so then we're good yeah so thanks people for listening and stay tuned for our next episode See you soon. Bye.